Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, glad to have you along for the next hour. We'll get into that topic we had at the end of the show yesterday in college football with the season just over. I want you to tell me who are three teams, your top three, going into just next year, not like for the future, next year specifically. Who are the top three teams that could make their first playoff appearance? Also, who's your way too early playoff for next season? Coming up at 9.30, uh, we'll have Merritt Orlerette's head coach, Jeff Doherty. He'll be stopping by. Tell us all about the Merritt season so far, a look ahead uh, to what they have coming up. Also, we'll hit some high school hoops from last night, and the Oklahoma Sooners do it again. And again, isn't it up in Fog Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas? Goodness. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to stop by at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app's got it all. It's got the uh, three radio stations. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website tonight, or last night excuse me, at midnight. ThePennyNews.com, print edition will start filtering out this evening, tomorrow. By tomorrow, you can pick up a fresh copy of the Penny News anywhere and everywhere between I-35 and Amarillo, Texas, where they house that thing. Let's see, uh, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV, back on Friday. And, of course, next week, the second tournament week in January, wall-to-wall high school hoops all across the Paragon Network. And then also the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can find us on KADSAM.com. Every single show is right there. Yesterday's was an especially good one. It was a good one. At least the title. <laughs> Caught that, did you? Yeah, I did. I was uh, I was going to be brutally disappointed if, if skinny was, winning wasn't in the title if it somewhere. it wasn't acknowledged, at least. Yes, <laughs> I was going to be brutally disappointed, and I wasn't. So, um, there you have it. Um, what's, go- what's going on, Jared? Not a lot. How are you? How was your night off? Uh, a lot of basketball, ironically, on my night off of not calling basketball. Watched the Thunder. Of course, you mentioned OU. They had a lot of back and forth on those. So a lot of sitting and watching. How, how was your night? I sat and watched a couple of games in the yep. Pioneer Center for just the second time all season. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> it is, but I'll be there a bunch. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's a pretty cool feeling. Uh, no, not a lot of travel ahead of you, knowing that you got all that a lot of that out of the way. Yeah, leaving my tripod underneath my desk at the Pioneer Center. Okay. Well, just leaving it there. Oh, I see what you're Instead saying. Instead of having to lug it down the yeah, steps to go somewhere, yeah, yeah. I just left it there. You meant to leave it there. You didn't Absolutely. forget it. No, you meant no, no, to no. leave it there. Yeah, the, the tripod and the um, and the sign both just stayed there. Yeah. And it's going to stay there for a while. That's awesome. Until next Tuesday when I have to take it. You know, it's crazy. I was looking at the schedule. There's only three more home games for me. That's about all there is for me. Four, maybe five. Anyway, 
knocking on wood <coughs> for some playoff games. But right. But uh, yeah, just three more regular season home games. It's pretty crazy. Isn't it, it crazy? It, I was telling Wyatt coming to school this morning. I was like, "Hey, bud, we were we were talking about what's going what's going on, what's going to be happening, which Thunder game to go to, when we can make it, you know that kind of stuff." And, and I mentioned to Ham and you and you yesterday about uh, going down and seeing the Rangers uh, for for Christmas, a Christmas present for him. Yeah. So we were kind of trying to think, you know, when, uh, you know, what's going on. And it's like, dude, think about this, man. Believe it or not, it'll be no time until it's summer. You know, school will be over in no time. It's crazy to think about because yeah. it feels like it kind of just started. But high school hoops is, in a lot of ways, man, it's starting to wind down. I mean, we're we're in tournament set up and situation and stuff like that, and and I've always tagged that weekend as the an unofficial turn into the into spring, right? Because as soon as basketball's over, what are they doing? They go in spring break, they Bam-o. come back, and they're picking up their their bats and gloves and, yeah. and getting at it or or track shoes or whatever. I mean, what is it? What six spring weeks? Sports six weeks from Friday, seven weeks from Friday. We'll be there. State tournament starts or will be in full effect by Friday. Mm-hmm. That's always one of my favorite things, if we can do it, is when we get to do the show from the big house on that Friday. Yeah. We've done that a few times. It's always a really cool... I don't see why we... I don't either. Why, why, why we We're going to be there anyway. It. We'll be there. Yeah, we might as well be there anyway. I mean... Do the show from the big house. I think it adds a... You know, it was it last year that we were doing the show at the arena... We had Mark on, and he was walking into the arena to start calling some games uh, with his yeah. uh, media availability. As he was, you know, we were kind of we were walking in as he was on the phone, kind of waving at us <laughs> as we were finishing up uh, for him to be able to get there to his spot for that small school state tournament. Nice. It's not that far away. Uh, last night, the, the uh, Pioneer Center, man, the Elkettes for the second straight time had every opportunity to get a win over Class Four A Number Four Weatherford. Elk City led the game basically until the fourth quarter, uh, as by as many as seven as it neared halftime at eighteen eleven. Addie Hoffman uh, brought Weatherford back within four. She was really the offense in the first half for Weatherford. I think she had twelve of the Lady Eagles' sixteen first half points. Then in the third quarter, back and forth, uh, the Elkettes only managed a bucket in the third quarter, but it was a three, and they knocked down four or four free throws for seven points. Kennedy Stewart, the senior post player for Weatherford, had eight of her 17 in that third quarter that kind of kept the Lady Eagles coming. Elk City led by a point, headed into the fourth, but then Weatherford dominated the fourth quarter, outscoring the Elkettes. Uh, let's see, it was 18. I'm trying to do the math in my head. 18 to 7. Turned a one point disadvantage into a 10 point win. So the Elkettes, once again, unable to notch a win against one of the top tier teams in Class 4A. Uh, with a 44-34 loss. The boys' game, Weatherford started exactly how they did in the first game, but they carried it on through. They didn't kind of get bored in this game like they did in that first one at Weatherford that allowed the Elks to kind of hang around, make runs. I mean, in that first game between the two, Weatherford won the first quarter, I think it was like 22-6. to Elk City won the next two and actually had it into single digits to start the fourth quarter before the Eagles just flew past Elk City. Last night, they didn't lose concentration. They just continued to pound Elk City throughout. They end up winning 77-38. Weatherford boys are absolutely a state title contender in Class 4A. There's ab- there is no doubt about that. They don't. They start a freshman, three sophomores, and a junior, 
and they've got four of those five guys standing at six five or bigger. They the the first game they they ran a man to man defense last night. They had a couple of a zones. They mix up a one three one with a two two one. When you've got that length with the sages the sage twins out there, C.J. Nixon out there, Nate Rearman out there at the at the point of that or on the wings, man, there's a there's not much space to operate against that that zone defense of Weatherford. So they, they were amazingly impressive last night uh, watching those guys. But on the girls' side, I, I will say this, and this this is not it's going to sound like a shot, and it's absolutely not a shot. But if that if Weatherford is the fourth best team in Class Four A, then you feel a lot better about the Elkettes' chances of making a deeper run into the playoffs. If that really is the fourth best team, I and you've played them, saying. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you've played them twice, played them close and had twice. every chance yeah. to win both of those games. So if that is the fourth best team, as the rankings say it is in Four A, man, if you're an Elkett fan, yes, disappointed. Yes, got to figure out a way to get over the hump against these top-flight teams. But at the same time, you have to feel better about your chances moving forward if that is indeed the be- the fourth-best team in 4A. Yeah, I, and I alluded to that yesterday with Coach Ham about going through this conference and going up against the Weatherfords and the Anadarkos and Tuttles and Kingfishers, all top-ten teams, night in and night out. Bethany, does that make you – a little bit, uh, I think, yeah. I mean, you go through that murderous row of games, and then boom, playoffs hit, and oh, playoffs. I mean, okay, we went through those teams, came up short in in single digit losses, but uh, sorry about your luck, um, Cushing or whoever you know. I mean, mm-hmm. that it, yeah, it makes you, it gives you uh, a little bit of a optimistic hope going into the playoffs because they're so battle tested and then you're like oh you know it just like oh this is a lot easier than our conference play so yeah i see what you're saying i see absolutely yeah and weatherford didn't have jordan hopping last night which they had jordan in the first game not addy here last night they had addy and not jordan and and jordan hoffman is a a load i mean she's just a physical presence in the game uh she's athletic uh, she didn't. They didn't have her uh, an ankle or a foot or something is what uh, we had heard. And sure enough, she was in street clothes last night. So, mm. so Elk City still hasn't seen Weatherford at full strength and full capabilities yeah. in either one of those games. But, yeah, it, just, it, it was disappointing because it was a game that it felt like throughout until the fourth quarter, it felt like the Elkettes were going to win. And just too many careless turnovers. The, the shots, I mean, there was one, I think Elk City was down four with like three minutes left. In one possession, they missed like three shots, point point blank, guarded, but point blank. And every one of them like held on the rim. Like, is it going to fall in or is it going to fall out? And it fell out. Got the offensive rebound, same thing. Trying to like, you know, hit the front of the rim, roll over, nah, come back at you. Oh, there's another one in and out, like pinballing off the rim after they hit the glass. You know, it was just one of those uh, situations at the end of that game where uh, the Elkettes just flat out couldn't put enough points on the board. 20 in the first half, only able to muster seven in each of the final two quarters, and Weatherford takes advantage. They were great at the free throw line. The Lady Eagles were in the fourth quarter, I think like 11 out of 13 maybe or something like that. Uh, along the, when, the, when the Elkettes had to start fouling, they knocked down free throws, and the one time they missed, Weatherford got the offensive rebound and put it back in for two. So it was just 
uh, kudos to them uh, for making the plays down the stretch. But for Elk City, you've got to just kind of just frustrating in a lot of these close games that you're not that you're not able to get wins that would really really help in the quest to get ranked if you had you know split with number four in four a knock off number tones that you had every chance to do you know what i'm saying it just it's one of those close but no cigar type things and instead of six and four with that win you're back at it even five and five so uh it, it was just frustrating i think was probably the word to use last night the, inside the pioneer center the, for the, the Elkheads. fortunate thing and you talked about it is there are other opportunities and i talked about it within this tough conference against these tough teams at home elgin friday night you got cash coming to town you got tuttle coming to town you got bethany coming to town newcastle to uh, in the regular season so there's a lot of opportunities still there for the Elkettes to take advantage of in the Pioneer Center. So that's why it's important. Get out there, be loud, crowd. support them. The th- Coach Ham, I love the student section and the school spirit. That's awesome to see. It was and a good here, crowd last night, for sure. Here on the radio, I was listening. Well, I went to pick up the kid mm-hmm. from basketball practice listening to you. I mean, it sounded like there was a good crowd there. It was. On both sides, Weatherford brought a bunch as well. Um, uh, as expected. I mean, oh, no doubt. When you got a top three team, top two team, you're gonna they're going to travel well. and Yeah, it's fun when those two teams – Get together. It's a lot more is. fun when the Brown team wins, though. I can well, of course. You that. It was a bad <laughs> – when I got home, I told my wife, it's like I can't really think of a worse night in my mind for results. Oh. Elk City losing both to Weatherford in excruciating fashion in the girls, and then the Sooners blowing it in Fog Allen. The Thunder losing on national TV in a good game. Did you see how that ended? 40 to – how about this? Did you see that – Quit – Putting them on the free throw line. They, it, it's an NBA record. <laughs> I was screaming at the television. Quit putting them on the free throw line. <laughs> an NBA record, forty of forty. That's the most yeah. makes without a miss in a, in NBA history. Yeah, crazy. Um, one thing of note when you look at the results last night on the girls' side and the Paragon teams that we mentioned: Elk City and Weatherford. Leedy beat Visay sixty-eight fifty-two. Arapaho bombed Mount Bugodibo. That was a uh, top 15 in Class A, top 15 in Class B, and Arapaho whipped them, 71-35. Hollis got a win at Snyder, 46-36. Boys games, and here's kind of the anomaly, and I started looking around, and I figured out maybe why. It's Visai beat Leedy, 56-47. That's two straight losses for the Bison. Arapaho Butler got a win at Mountain View Godibo in overtime, 45-41. Snyder beat Hollis, 47-39. But back to Leedy. I got to thinking, is somebody hurt? Is somebody sick? The answer is yes. Luke Puffenbarger in a boot. So that's obviously that's not good. Uh, going to be, you know, I, I listened to, to Lake and Treasure pregame talking about because I figured they'd mention it when I saw him down there in his boot. So I went back to the pregame. It's still kind of waiting on doctor's appointment to figure out exactly what the diagnosis yeah. is for him. So uh, that's something that's a situation to watch moving forward for the Leedy Bison uh, because he is obviously uh, the the straw that stirs that Leedy Bison drink. Mm-hmm. Luke Puffenbarger is a phenomenal player uh, up there for the Bison. And that, le- that led me to think about this. I'm seeing some banner on Twitter yesterday about rankings. And that's something that's always frustrating. I can't wait to ask, uh, as, as our man Coach Doherty walks in, I can't wait to ask his uh, thoughts on how this works. Because, as we know, the, the rankings in basketball determine what the brackets are. In, uh, you know, the top eight... Yeah. You know, you split split two of those into the brackets and all that, and you're starting to see some frustration with coaches around the state. And I think it's it's always been there. I think it's becoming more public. So, what are some fixes to that that are possible? I, I saw an interesting one from Mark Rogers. 
and he said because when you start looking through the OSSA ranking site, mm-hmm. you'll notice that it takes a little bit longer for some coaches to put losses on the board <laughs> than it does wins. Yeah, and it just so happens that some of those losses that occurred over the weekend in the tournaments didn't show up until Monday night or Tuesday morning uh, once the rankings were released. Okay. His thought was, okay, if you really want to have some teeth to this, the teams that don't have the full schedule on there can't be in the playoffs. Oh, wow. I mean, that's pretty pretty, pretty out there. But at the same time, if you're really trying to do this correctly, I think that's not a, not a terrible idea. And at least it might scare the coaches that are against that are kind of against this or not doing it properly into doing it properly. And then you get a, at least as close to a proper ranking as you can possibly yeah. get uh, with the, with the biases are there. So uh, we can, uh, we'll ask coach Doherty, maybe some of that, but we'll really focus on his merit Oilerettes. Awesome. Yeah. So far this season, winners of the five County winners of the merit classic. He hasn't had to uh, delay about putting a loss in <laughs> no. only one this year, 10 and one awesome Just- season so far joined now by the head coach of the Merritt Oilerettes also the superintendent of schools out at Merritt Mr. Jeff Doherty coach hey good morning how you doing I'm doing well uh you guys have have been awesome so far this year 10 and 1 only the the first rattle out of the box loss against Canute uh you've come back and and avenged that one twice including on Saturday at the uh, Merritt Classic finals uh, just talk about how you guys have played so far Hammond's only defeat came at, at the hands of you guys in the five county uh, just tell us how your season how you felt it's gone so far well we've played pretty good at times uh defensively you know we're getting better and better uh and that's uh that's something that can be there every night offensively you know we've had some kids uh play really well one night and then uh you know have an off night and and every time that's happened somebody else has picked it up so uh we just need to get everybody you know a little bit more consistent and uh but overall we're playing pretty good how much does last year's run to the state tournament help with with the players that came back and the confidence that they were able to gain coming off of a year like you had a year ago? Well, they they understand you know what it takes to get there, and uh, and you know it it does it it helps tremendously, and uh, you know they believe they can they can get there, and then you know going up there and making a good showing and and having a chance to win the ball game and. Uh, I mean, they know they belong. So, uh, you know, in our scrimmage schedule this year and in and, and our regular season schedule, you know, with the teams we've played, uh, you know, they know uh, that uh, that they're pretty good and, and just got to go play good every night and, and just continue to improve throughout the season. I enjoy watching your team and the way you – and going back to um, in-game situations and how you uh, – uh, substitute. I call them hockey lines. You throw them in almost three at a time and constantly keeping fresh legs out there. How comforting is that to know that you can go that deep in your bench and trust you can put them out there three at a time and still make that offense and that defense work for you? Well, it's it's important, uh, you know, especially the way we play. Uh, you know, we, we pressure defense all over the floor and uh, – you know, like you said, keep fresh legs in there. And, uh, you know, it's it's good for the program because a lot of kids are playing. Uh, uh, there's not hardly anybody that plays more kids than, than we do. And and uh, when you graduate kids, uh, the you've, you're returning several starters. So uh, it just helps with your the program uh, for the next year. So uh, I think it's a good way to build a program. And, uh, you know, we, we'll do that and continue to do that. And, and 
that way, you know, we're going to graduate five seniors and, and uh, we'll be good again next year. So, How about in when, when we come up, you know, how many times do you see a team in a playoff situation that relies on one or two as opposed to eight or nine, and then one of those gets in foul trouble and whoever comes off the bench has that deer-in-the-headlights look and it kind of ruins that night for whoever that is. How much does that help you to have those girls in those situations all throughout the season ready to go if something like that happens? It's tremendous. Uh, you know, when you when you only play a kid when you need them, uh, you know, I'm, I just I – don't, I don't like that, but – but that's me, and you know, uh, I, I like to play kids important minutes uh, throughout the year, and and get them ready. And then if something, you know, let's, like right now, we've got got one out with a concussion, and uh, we're not going to miss a beat. So uh, we'll just continue to do that and and get p- kids prepared and and uh, go from there. You mentioned five seniors. Talk about how those uh, ladies have had led you guys to uh, to the wins that you've had so far this year. Oh, just tremendous, tremendous girls. Uh, you know, all got a four-point, great character, uh, great teammates. And, and you know, that, those are the things that you're – you're proud of, proud of uh, you know how they compete and and they develop that uh, I don't know just the grit to to go get it done when when things are tough uh, so you know to push through those things and and I think that's a good life lesson to because you know everything's not always rosy and and uh, you know when things go bad uh, they they'll step up and and get it done. Nothing against your seniors and we had Coach Hammond there yesterday and he. I get it. Coach, don't like to single out anybody, but I'll do it for you. Marley Mung, your freshman. She's uh-huh. she's uh, what I call her the other day on the Monday. Diaper Dandy, a like Diaper Dandy. She was awesome during the tournament. Talk about her progression here at the varsity level. Yeah, she's played well. Uh, you know, and and she's got good players around her. So, uh, and they they play well together. And uh, the older girls have accepted her. And and uh, you know, we've got a lot of freshmen that are really good. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, We've uh, we've just got to continue to get better, and she does too. I mean, there's things that she needs to work on, and and uh, and she will. You know, she spends a lot of time at it, and and uh, but uh, yeah, she's a she's a good player. I mean, how many more mungs are there out there? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the last one. I mean, my gosh, I can. What, what Taylor was there when we first started, yeah. and doing that all those years ago. Speaking of, I heard yesterday that you may have a, a grandbaby on your birthday. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I heard. That, I heard that yesterday at lunch <laughs> that uh, Branson yeah. was having a, a child, maybe even right there on your birthday. That's, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead here, you guys, a busy week leading on Friday, and then a busy week next week, Monday, Tuesday, and then the by county Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That bracket, uh, ceiling girls unable to make it this year, but still, you look at Hammond, you look at Duke. There's going to be a bunch of good competition out there. Just continuing to get you ready for the playoffs. Yeah, we've got uh, – well, you know, start off with we've got a really tough game against a, a good leady team Friday night at home. And then uh, uh, I think we go on the road Monday to Hollis or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, back at home Tuesday against Cordell and then uh, the Bi-County at, at our place. So, yeah, busy week, lots of good teams and uh, – you know, it's it's a it's an opportunity to to you know it's like I told the girls you can kind of get on a roll. Uh, don't have a lot of time to practice, but uh, but still you get that in-game experience and uh, prepares you for the playoffs because you're just back to back to back and 
and uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy it, uh, and I think the kids do too. I, th- I think they – I think they'd rather play than practice. Well, that's I ask everybody this this time of year. You know, out of the Christmas break, it's just bam, games and tournaments. Yeah. And how do you balance the practice time with the game time? Working on things that you want to get finished, get fixed, or get better at. Also, having legs to play when you've got so many games scrunched up in a short amount of time. Well, there'll be. I mean, a lot of times on game days, we'll practice till four thirty and go hard. And uh, so I don't really. I mean, they're sixteen years old and they're. <laughs> I play a bunch of them, so uh, you know you you got to got to you just got to be able to do that. And and uh, if we need to work on stuff, we're going to work on it and get better. And I mean, it's not about that day; it's about you know a month from now. So we're just you know continue to get better and work on stuff we need to, and and uh, get after it and see what happens. I, I look at you, and I think this is the busiest man in Western Oklahoma. How do you run a school? And a successful program at the same time, a successful basketball program at the same time. Well, we've got uh, we've got the best administrative team out there. Uh, they they do a fantastic job, uh, and then our teachers are are amazing. So, uh, you know, our kids are good. They they act right, and so uh, I I don't know. They they do it. <laughs> they do it. Not me. We're hanging out with Coach Jeff Doherty, uh, Merritt High School girls coach, also the superintendent of schools. If there is something your team in your mind has to get better at to get back to where they were a year ago, playing in the state tournament and then chances to advance on in that tournament, uh, what what do you girls what do your girls need to get better at from now until uh, the middle of February? Well, everything. Uh, you know, we've got to improve in everything, every area of the game. We've got to shoot it better. Uh, you know, defensively, we've got to get a little bit better, and uh, and and our defense is probably ahead of schedule from where we've been in past years but uh offense same way but uh, you know if if you don't continue to improve uh then uh somebody will so we're gonna you know we're gonna keep working hard and continue to improve and uh you know on all aspects our free throw shooting is horrendous uh but uh but that's something, you know, we work – I've never – I don't know how many years I've coached, but this I've never worked harder on it this year, and, and it's still – but, it, you know, it comes down to, you know, each kid is responsible to, to go up there and make free throws, and, and it's not that they're, that they're not trying. Uh, it's not that they're not working on it. It's just uh, maybe a little bit of a mental block or something, but uh, but we've got to improve there, and – and um, our inbounds plays are, are uh, we're not setting good screens and things. I mean, everything's fixable. So we'll just continue to work on it. And and, uh, and by the time playoffs starts, uh, we'll be ready to go. I remember when you first took over the job, we kind of were asking you, how long is this going to last? Because it felt like you're just, okay, I'll take it over and, and run the program until we can find somebody else. But if you keep winning, they're not going to let you find somebody <laughs> else, Coach. Is this a long-term for you right now? Oh, there's several of them that would <laughs> love, to, <laughs> love to see that. But, uh, no, I don't know. You know, we uh, our coach left late, and I took it for that year. And then next year I offered it to, I think, four people, and they all turned me down. And then COVID hit, so I did it again. And and uh, we had a pretty good run, so uh, I told them I'd go ahead and do it, and and uh, you know I'm going to do it until until they're tired of me, <laughs> and and uh, then I'll go away. I know you you said back then how much more you kind of 
got back into knowing the kids on a personal level that you kind of got away from as a superintendent. That's obviously still the case. Yeah. And it's probably helping as you continue to do that, building the chemistry with the younger ones that are now all of a sudden uh, right there in the high school ranks. Yeah, it's uh, it's been real positive. You know, we've got such great kids and and uh, to to get to know them and is, uh, you know, just a really a, a blessing to to be around them. You know, it keeps me young and and. Uh, you know they're a, they're a great kid. I, I looked a while ago. I had Miss Partain pull up our GPA. You know we got 18 kids on our high school team, and 17 of them have a 4.0. Just you know the character and just everything about those kids is uh, is really really good. You know and my grandkids are hanging around, and you know uh, Coach uh, Coach Nightingale's kids are around, and and it's it's just to see those kids interact with them and. Uh, it's just a, a great, great thing. They're just such good kids. Uh, it's really, really a lot of fun. This time of year, there's always this debate about rankings because we all know that that's how the, the brackets get drawn up. Is there actually a solution to this problem? Well, you know, being out here in western Oklahoma, uh, I, I know uh, in Class A, Class 2A, and I think it's that way in Class B. I'm not sure in 4A. I'm sure it is. But there is, a, you know, 65 70% of the teams are in eastern Oklahoma, and they never see us. Uh, so it's hard to, it's hard to move up uh, out here. But, uh, you know, one way you can do it is go win. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, you know, we just continue to – to try to do our part that's kind of out of our control uh we you know we have went and scrimmaged people um to try to get us out there and let people look at us and uh you know i've exchanged films with some 2a people out in eastern oklahoma and uh, where they could look at us and uh but you know my problem there, there's two teams in 2a that don't even have us ranked in the top 20 uh, you know, that, that that's, uh, you know, the last time I coached and when they very first started this, we were like 24-0, 22-0, I don't remember. But there was there was like 11 Class A teams. We were Class A at the time, and there was like 11 of them that didn't even have us in the top 20. And, you know, I, that's that's uh, frustrating, you know. But uh, but just uh, just go in and, and uh, take care of business and, and all that will take care of itself somewhat. It may have a there. may have a little hard, harder road <laughs> to get there, but uh, but still, just you know, just like last year, we played some really really good teams uh, in the in the playoffs, and I think every one of them might have been ranked ahead of us. And you know, just go beat them, and it'll take care of itself. There's only a way people could watch past games. <laughs> mm. Turns out there is. <laughs> there is. It, but it, is there even? I mean, outside of just the coaches paying attention and doing a better job and, and taking some ownership of it, I, making those votes public, would that mm. it, not not shame somebody, but at least have some repercussions to a couple of those that don't have you in the top 20 or whoever it is? Well, the, coaches, going, really? yeah, the coaches can see what other coaches vote. Right. So uh, I think that helps, uh, you know. Uh, but I don't know. You know, there's not a, not a perfect way uh, – and you know they have tweaked this. I think if you don't vote twice, you're out. So uh, uh, you know you just gotta gotta be diligent, and you know it's time consuming mm-hmm. to to get it right. And 
and uh, you know I'll do mine and then I'll look at it and go gosh I forgot this one or whatever so it, it does take a lot of time is there too much politicking or is it just is what it is uh i don't know uh nobody ever calls me and i don't ever call anybody <laughs> so i don't know i just go do my job and see what happens when you look at class 2a uh hobart out here hooker uh, you know around in western oklahoma are some teams that are ranked what are the the other pacola the defending champ uh, who else is out there uh, to, for, for fans to kind of look forward to or maybe even start paying attention to their scores as we approach the playoffs? Well, Hobart, uh, you know, is really good. Uh, Ampo's really good. Uh, Hooker, like you said, Watonga's lost some games, but they're really talented. Uh, and then Walters and Minko uh, are, are pretty good teams out here. And then you go further east, Dale's really – I got to see them once this year. Uh, uh, they're really good. Uh, I, I think know. they had somebody in the stands last night watching you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't. Well, uh, I got there. Eric texted me looking for uh, restaurant recommendations in Oak City on the. Oh, way Eric there. was there. <laughs> no, well, he, now he sent his assistant. Oh, okay. he, yeah, he had texted me where somebody yeah. where he could eat. Yeah, so he got somebody watching. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we we went down to Ampo and watched them play uh, Ampo early in the year. But uh, they're really good. Uh, and then, uh, you know, looks like Warner's pretty good. I think Howe's a little bit down, but they're still good. And Pecola's still good, but I don't think they're quite as good as they were last year. But, uh, you know, we, we just got to keep getting better and worry about us, and, and uh, we'll play whoever and see what happens. We got Leedy coming to Merritt on a Saturday – or, excuse me, Friday night. And then that starts, gosh, six games in eight days yeah. for you guys through uh, next Saturday night at the Bye County. Coach, thank you so much hey, for, for joining us. I want to uh, end with, first off, well done on the tournament. It was uh, Obviously, oh, the I competition was awesome. The uh, hospitality room was awesome. <laughs> so so tell thank you to everybody who made that food. I went and hit that up. And um, when is the media going to be invited to the uh, to Simon's catch with all the coaches? I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my coach was giving me a little hard time about that. What? Yeah, that's uh, we we do. We've got the our booster club uh, does that hospitality room, and it is by far the best one uh, around. And uh, they do a great job and and uh, take a lot of pride in it and and that makes it uh easier for us to get teams uh mm-hmm. to come to our tournament it's very competitive to get teams and to get good teams and uh so we try to take care of them you know try to get really good officials and and uh we did uh i, I have a guy that that uh that hires them for me uh and uh schedules all that takes that off my plate and so we're we've been very fortunate on that Mr. Bradshaw make his bread pudding again? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> that's that's, a, a, that's yep. a big draw. <laughs> yeah. Between him and Debbie Wilson, it's hard not to yeah. leave out of there just completely the f- full. It was the first thing pointed out to me as soon as I walked to get the bread pudding. I was like, well, let me eat some food first. I'll get the dessert last. Listen, <laughs> when you get out there and that's still available, you better grab it because it'll be gone before yeah. you know it. Yeah. Coach yeah. Jeff Doherty, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck to the Oilerettes here coming up not only this week and next week, all the way through the end of the run, which will – I think it end up in the state tournament in Class 2A. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, you bet. Head Coach Jeff Doherty, Superintendent of Schools at Merritt, joining us here uh, to talk about the Oilerettes. Appreciate uh, Coach Doherty's time. I know, he, like you said, he's one of the busier guys in western Oklahoma. In, in, I any, know, he does it. in any facet, not not only just the school system, but anywhere, uh, doing the superintendent job, the girls' basketball coaching job. And uh, he's got that thing rolling. Yeah. Okay, it, 
kind of rolling like they they had the boys rolling back in the mid two you know early twenty mm-hmm. tens and on through there for a while. Uh, the girls are seemingly every well, year a contender. Yeah, and you mentioned you know the seniors and what five seniors that'll be graduating and and like Barnett and I just had to pull Hartman up the, Hartman and you know they all contribute you mm-hmm. know, um, but with the way like come on I talked about the way he rotates players in and you got the young ones especially Mong and uh, Ella Porter will return next year and and so on and it, it's just gonna that's how you build a successful program you don't bank it on one year this is the one year then you graduate all of your talent and you forget that about these other girls he is rotating them in at a at a consistent it, it isn't like all right let's put them in when we're up 20 right it's, let's right. put them in we're up five and it just kept those fresh legs going that wide-eyed approach to those girls that it kind of like okay this is my role you know and they're they're accustomed to that varsity level by the time they are starters and it's it's just a, a cycle, and it's it's what you want to see uh, from your from a good, successful basketball program. He's got it going. He's got it rolling. Man, I I had a courtside seat for that for their boys' run back then. Right. Uh, Branson was a senior. Uh, his son, the first year uh, that that we started broadcasting those games, uh, you know, nightly or, or each game uh, on the radio, and that, that's a lot like what it started out with. Coach Rundle went to Coach Husband while I was doing those games. And it was a similar approach, in that you know Russ would play. Gosh, they would they might even play twelve or thirteen every night, and it wasn't like you like he said. It wasn't just putting somebody in at the end of the game, just to get somebody some playing time. It was it was cycling through the entire bench, and sure they had you know big leads most every night, and able to to not worry about losing games playing players. But at the same time, it wasn't just at the end playing. Um, playing game, playing players in the heat of the moment, knowing that this could pay off later down the line. Sam's exactly right. Those Merritt and Cheyenne boys games were awesome. You know, one of them was for the state championship the year before we started uh, that Cheyenne was able to win, and then the, you know the very next year, first rattle out of the box, our, our very first me and Jay Kirby's very first game was Merritt and Cheyenne. They started the season with each other a year after the Bears had knocked off the Oilers in the state championship game. And uh, Merritt won at the buzzer. I think Branson hit a little, had a shot in the lane uh, to win that game. Uh, and then there was just battles the rest of the time uh, there over those next few years. Uh, he's right. Sam's exactly right. He's awesome. He's also right. Jeff is a hell of a coach. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can see uh, the improvement that, that that program has made since he's been the one to take it over. I don't think there's any – there's no coincidence there. It's just the way – uh, that, that that goes. I mentioned OU in Kansas last night. Gosh, what a meltdown by the Sooners. Shouldn't be surprising. No. They haven't won there in 30 years. It was a death in taxes and OU losing in Lawrence. I mean, and it's funny, though, because I got in the car uh, after the after the Elk City games. I was really kind of oblivious. I checked the score at halftime of the Elk City boys game, I think, and it was like 35-32 Toward the halftime, I think Kansas was ahead three, and then I, I quit paying attention to it. So I jump in the car and I'm getting here, and as I'm pulling in, uh, the the Thunder game is over, and they're starting to do some Thunder post game, and they mention OU's up seven, sixty five fifty eight, with like seven and a half minutes left. So I get everything you know unpacked, get in the car, and it's a ten point game. OU's up ten with five ten left, five minutes something in that in that realm. And I blame myself. 
You turned it on, didn't you? Because I turned it on. And you know what else I did? I got excited. Yep. I started to believe. And immediately, as soon as I thought, hey, they can win this game, it was a five-point game. And how many times have you seen over this run? I mean, the Buddy Heald year. We got, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kadeem Latin at the free throw line to ice it in regulation or the first of three over to whenever that was to ice the game. And he couldn't do it. And Kansas beat Buddy and the boys. I mean, and, you know, Blake Griffin didn't get to play on that floor. He didn't, he really didn't even play Kansas either time, you know, in his college career. But in, in Fog Allen, seemed like he might have started the game and got hurt that. Like early, so you didn't get to see Blake on that floor. But man, I mean, it's almost unbelievable. And I get it; they didn't play every year for a long time there in the Big Twelve because there was divisions. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's it's almost impossible to believe that you take you can't win there in thirty years. Yeah. But last night has happened a bunch, and you know C.J. Nolan. With OU up five, Kansas kind of making a run. The Sooners finally get a stop around the two-minute mark. Open three could be the dagger. Miss. Tanner Groves, when it was a one-point OU lead, top of the key three could be that kind of stave them off. Yeah, yeah. Miss. And how, I mean, OU misses that shot every time in Fog Allen Fieldhouse, no matter what it is. I don't want to hear about the refs. People are well, going I, mean, on. I don't want to hear about it. The deal is, you mentioned it, they're up 10 with whatever. Five like, minutes, 5'10 five five or something like gotta that. got to close out. Good teams close out. I don't care if you're unranked, if you're ranked, I don't, where it's played at, I don't care. That's basketball. You've got to have that killer instinct mentality to close it out, and it's not there. It wasn't there for OU. And we've seen it more and often than not in conference play early so far in this season. They can't close it out. They they can get down big and come back, could not close it out. And that's just a talent thing. I think their lack of talent, I mean, they're mediocre at best. Uh, they have some good spots, some good okay players, but they don't have the talent like Kansas has. They don't have the talent like Texas has. And It's interesting, and though, it's, because it, right here on the text line, this is exactly right. I mean, just one play in each in each game, it's and they're four and zero in you're the right. best conference in basketball. You're right, and I don't disagree with what you're saying about a talent discrepancy, but at the same time, there's enough there to be in those games. Sure. And you know, in last night, you could you could just sense it on the radio. You could sense it in Toby Rowland's voice that OU was panicking when the run started. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even uh, Kevin, I can't remember his Kevin Henry, I think is the color guy. Ten point game. KU gets loose for a dunk, and you can hear him go, that's the worst thing that could have happened. Now these people are back on their feet. Because when I turned it on, coming out of that timeout up 10, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. In, you know, the, yeah. just that ambient sound behind Toby. I thought, man, what is the score? What, what, what is going on here? And he said, Sooners up 10. And then as soon as the, the back to play, Adams dunked it, and it was just like, a bomb went off. <laughs> just, whoosh, right. With the energy and, and OU just succumbed to that again in Allen Phil's house. All right, let's go back to the college football topics. Give me your top three teams going into next year that have the best chance of making their first college football playoff appearance. Okay, well, at the end of the show, um, I kind of hinted at you what one of them would be, but I've looked at schedules and I've gone back on that. I will, in any order? No, rank them. Rank them. I will go with, because the conference is weak and because they got a lot of teams back, I think Florida State has an opportunity here. 
<clears throat> to get in. I think they could suffer a loss at Clemson, still win the ACC uh, with just one loss, and still get in. I think their their uh, schedule now they got a tough one to start. Well, that this is why I think you're right. You keep going because they open with LSU. They go back to where they ended their season at uh, Orlando uh, to take on LSU. But then, I mean, you got Southern Miss, North Alabama, at Florida, Boston College. The Clemson game is big, but the rest is manageable to win for Florida State. Uh, based on everybody that's coming back, they they look like they're ready to take – you know, you've seen that a lot. They end the season with a bowl win, look good. I mean, I say look good. I mean, I, they look good in that game. Just OU's offense suddenly came alive, was throwing every haymaker back at them. But I got Florida State. That's my – I think they can get in. Be, because of the weak conference and because of that very first game. If they can get a win against LSU. I agree. They can suffer that loss to Clemson. That gives them the mulligan. That gives them that's like OU winning at Ohio State. You know, that that gives the the committee to go, okay, well, they got a really good win against LSU. My next team is Penn State because uh they finish again, they finished a year really good. Now they're gonna have to replace their quarterback, but they continue to to look, you know, that part and I think that uh they can again, kind of like a kind of like what I just talked about, Florida State suffer a loss. The only thing that gives me a little pause on them is they play Ohio State and Michigan. Now yeah. they're at the shoe, mm-hmm. but they host Michigan in November. But man, do we did Michigan leave a sour taste in our mouths after that game against TCU? And then how TCU lost, and then there's the question: Will Harbaugh even be there? I mean, there's talk that if he's just offered any job in the NFL, he's yeah. gone. You know, we, we see some uh, – I mean, one of the wide receivers is committed to OU. and So, I I get I have a little question about Michigan. Or, or, so, I think Penn State could uh, get there. But they're going to have to win the Big Ten if they do suffer that loss to Ohio State. And they're going to have to get to that Big Ten championship. My third team is – I bring up – it will be USC. Let's see – now, is the decision to keep Grinch detrimental – I mean, is that is that a wise move, or is it more of a, listen, we inherited this program, let's get some more of Grinch guys here. I know you fans are laughing right now. You, yeah. you want Grinch guys? We got a lot of them for you. Um, and But that conference suddenly kind of – now, I know the season didn't end well with Utah losing in the Rose Bowl. You got USC losing versus Tulane. So the perception of that conference was kind of mending as the season went on. But then at the end of the year, like, oh, well, it's just the Pac-12 Pac again. But, man, that conference now looks really good when you have Caleb Williams, the returning Heisman winner. And look at the rest of the conference. You got Bo Nix staying with Oregon. You got uh, Penix Jr. staying with Washington. You have DJ going to Oregon State. You got Cam Rising still at Utah. Yeah. So if USC, with the with Caleb Williams, can get through that conference, that I think they're the they can punch their ticket too. So those are my top three. How about you? Uh, yeah, I, I I completely agree with Florida State because of that game. Now the problem with that, the the problem with the theory they can lose to Clemson is they're in the same division. Yeah. So that puts them to where Clemson would have to lose two ACC games in order for Florida State to be able to suffer that loss just because of when it is. Uh, but I I I think with what you see coming back, I mean when you when you've got Jared Verse who is a defensive end that got a first-round draft card, and a lot of people think that was a top-half of that thing, come back, 
man, there is buy-in there for Coach Mike Norvell's team, uh, and they and they feel like they're poised to really do something special. When you look at their season this year, ended up ten and three in the losses that they had. There were three in a row right there in the middle of the season. All were winnable games. A ten-point loss to Wake Forest, who loses Sam Hartman. Uh, then you've got a two-point loss to North Carolina State, who lost Devin Leary. And then Clemson that lost DJ Uyangalele. I mean, all three of those quarterbacks are gone, and they return theirs. That LSU game is monster to start the season. I mean, just a monster game for them. But you're right. I do think they could be able to suffer. In a win, man, they've got a mulligan big time. A loss, it makes it a little bit more sketchy. But I, I like what I like Florida State. I think that's a good choice. Number two, I'm going to have USC. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more as far as with Grinch there. The defense won't be there uh, from the text line. I view that as a national championship winning type thing, not being into the playoff type thing. They play all their tough games at home outside of going to Oregon. They get, they get uh, UCLA at home, they get Utah at home, and they get Washington at home. If Washington hadn't made it, I think I would pick them, but they've already been there, so they can't be the choice. So I've got USC – Oh, by the way, Penix is my dark horse Heisman winner right I, I now. I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I can't wait to see what DJ does at Utah, at Oregon State. Maybe a, a change of, of scenery might help him because he can't be that bad, you wouldn't think. And then it, it's hard to say this next one because I haven't seen the schedule. But with everything that the Big 12 loses, is it Texas? That's why I – because I haven't seen the schedule, but – Keep in mind, they got to return a trip to Alabama. They do. Oh, you you never know that game. And then the rest, you're right. Do they go to Provo? Do yeah, they that's, host it's, it's hard to say that. Do they go down to South Florida? I don't know. We don't know. To Central Florida, excuse me. That's It's hard to put them there right now. The, the, I, I went back and forth between two orange T teams, Texas and Tennessee. Ah, uh, yeah. I know Tennessee gets Georgia at home this year. But coming up, but yeah, what I mean, they, they, they go, go to, to Bama. Bama. You know, there's there's a lot there for for Tennessee, Penn State. The reason I didn't pick them is exactly what you said. They got to play Michigan and Ohio State. If they were in the other, I, I wanted to find somebody in the Big Ten West, but who who could <laughs> it be? Not yet, not yet. Yeah, maybe in the USC next year in the Big Ten yeah, West. Right. Yeah. Um. So I kind of settled on Texas just because. They're in the Big 12, and Tennessee's in the SEC, right? I mean, just the, the, just because of the, the Big 12, and and it feels like it's going to be down from what it was this year. Somebody wants us to say A&M. I'm not saying A&M. Uh, nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not happening. All right, who's your if, – if you had to pick the way-too-early college football playoff right now? In any order have? or just – Just four teams. Just four teams. Who'd, well, who'd, I'll put Georgia. Have? have you seen their schedule? Their schedule is terrible every year if they don't wow. have Alabama. Yeah, so Georgia. I mean, for an SEC schedule, let me phrase that back. They should be a 10-point-plus favorite in every game. Georgia, LSU, um, Ohio State, and and uh, um, Florida State. Right now, way too early. I mean, way, way too early. I'm going to look like an idiot for doing this because I did it. No, I did it this year. I'm going to pick Alabama. I'm going to pick Michigan. I'm going to pick Notre Dame. And I am going to pick – 
USC. Yeah, Notre Dame, man. I I was right on the fence with them. I mean, they'd be like my first team out. I'm an idiot for not picking Georgia. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Any justification there? Any reason? Uh, come on, man. They're not going to win three in a row. And if they get there, they're so <laughs> their schedule's terrible, though. If they can beat, if they can win at Tennessee, which I bet they can. Here's why I give pause to Notre Dame. Never mind. You I'm changing that. I'm changing. I'm not keeping Georgia out. That's stupid. Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Notre Dame, and not USC. This is why Notre Dame gives me pause. Here's the teams they have to play. Yeah, they this have year. a tough schedule. They have a tough schedule. They uh, host Ohio State. They host USC. They are at Clemson. They're at Louisville. They're at NC State. They host Pitt. That's a tough schedule. Yeah, it is. That's a tough schedule. You know, USC schedule, you mentioned the Pac-12 kind of resurgence this year. USC schedule is tough, too. I mean, on paper research, they got a lot of named quarterbacks. Listen, the the Pac-12 because of quarterback play and coaching in that conference, I think there's a fair chance that the Pac-12 might be the second-best conference next year. Because think of this. I want to see early returns, though. I want to see... Yeah, I mean, you can't have Oregon getting beat by 50 to to Georgia. But... All the co- with all the coaching they've got, all those quarterbacks back, and then think about this. And it, you know, the Big Ten would be the obvious people's second choice. The West is horrible, half that horrible. If Harbaugh leaves Michigan, what happens to the Wolverines? Ohio State's Ohio State, and then of course Penn State. But I mean, you're talking about two or three top ten teams and nobody else versus the Pac-12. I mean, they're going to start with six teams ranked minimum. With UCLA, USC, Utah, Washington, Oregon, and Oregon State, they're going to have six teams ranked. I think there's a chance it might be the Pac-12, which means that obviously USC schedule is harder than we think. I think Washington has a really good chance to make it to the playoff. But can we find? We might we finally see some cannibalism in the Pac-12, mm. like we've seen in other places, year after year. Yeah, Utah's at Washington. I didn't look where USC. USC goes to Oregon. They got Washington, UCLA, and Utah at home. Speaking of Utah, non-conference schedule. Have you seen it? They get Florida back. They get Florida back. The very next week they go to Baylor. Oh, really? Yeah, and they got Weber State. The Charlie Brewer game. Is Charlie Brewer still there? He went on. He moved on, didn't he? Point is, that's yeah. That's that's, good. I mean, I'm talking about early returns. They go. 2-0 2-0 and against those teams. Well, think about this. We, we we built it up going into the season. If Utah could beat Florida in the swamp this year, how big a leg up that would give them, and they didn't. And Florida turned out to be not very good. Right. If, if there is a Big 12 team, who would you say right now? Uh, Texas. Just based on who they get back. I might say they, Kansas State. They seem like that team that's – you know, taking a next step. I know this year they would – listen, a reasonable fan would go, okay, I liked what I saw. We could have won some more games, but I liked what I saw, and I think we're in a better course than what we were under Herman or even Strong. So I I, I would be encouraged if I'm a Texas fan. You get Ewers back, you get Arch Manning in there, you get 
You get some talented dudes. That has a ten- that has the potential you to think, be you, disaster. You think there's going to be a little disaster as soon as oh Ewers the first incompletion the, yeah <laughs> where's arch we want man yeah if, if you don't believe me think ou circa 2021 yeah yeah i can see that going down you know they, they go I to bama and get beat 49 to 10 Ooh. you don't think there's not going to be some yeah yes some stuff added by the way Seeing some breaking news. I saw it too. See that? I'm seeing some possibilities of another Bedlam transfer. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, breaking news. Uh, Carolina, they're wanting to talk to Kellen Moore. Oh, really? They want to talk to him. Also, to see Dan Quinn. Denver yeah, wants him. I, was, I have a feeling he might get that Denver job. As far as Kellen Moore. Who would want that job? Well, bye. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.